0: What should we call this okay. one?
1: I'm just gonna not change the, anything about. it. See, I was one. the first thing I think of is like not even the big. Because I'm part like awesome. that stabbed me. The, the lady sister's dress. Sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: that <laughs> sister's <laughs> That sister. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's A lot of people spiritually fucked. She should be the hardest we were in to be spiritually fucked. Yeah. The garage, which had better. I'm feeling. I'm
1: feeling shooketh. The by the idea we're,
0: we're in the box
1: so yeah the garage that's is sister. getting a that's a that sister yeah, i bet really you i can like find I'm her name her the and then tommy's like you know wow. what i could do to this garage <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute
0: i know it's, it's actually rad though in, in the long run it will be great yeah. yeah um okay so okay, I'm just gonna not change we'll anything. About, what's about going on Yogi here? Because <laughs> I'm like, your feet on Yogi what? Yogi <laughs> Hand on hip, my feet on
1: boxes. <laughs> Budget, No, it's whatever. Uh-huh. It's good. It's it's ergonomic, right? <laughs> like, I know. So okay, last cool. time yeah. we recorded, nice. we were in.
0: So- before we start The garage, which had better acoustics. We kind of so yeah. we're going to see how this goes. we back here we're, in a metal box. We're in the box. Two things that we kind of The garage of need is getting a, a facelift, if you will. On. Yeah, we were like, we found a perfect like spot. Right now. And then Tommy's know. like... You know what I could um, do to this garage? So there's two <laughs> things that we kind of need... Wait a, a minute. little bit So great for us. I know. Lineage. It's actually it's, rad, though. In, in the long so run, it will be great for us. Yeah. Because then we can, like, make this historical not historical so echoey in, in here. Of okay. Teacher, okay. So, so today, we will be the talking about Yogi Bhajan. Right? Do you know Yogi what? what? Yogi Bhajan? Bhajan. Yeah. Bhajan. No. Okay. student Like nothing. Okay, cool. Yeah. This is nice. So... Bajin. And before we start, there's two things that we kind of need to reference to, or two things that we kind of need to give background on. Many I feel like I'm really loud right now. Okay, no, of no, that's fine. That's fine. So there's two things that right we kind of need a little bit of background on. And one is lineage. Okay. So like... Lineage refers to the historical succession like, of like, like, knowledge passed from teacher what? to student. I think that eventually the, British, the student becomes like, a teacher okay, in their own no, right I'm and then it. passes like down what they've learned to the even more students. So it's kind of like yeah. a tree, right? Mm-hmm. The student uh, is able to gain insight and wisdom okay. not only so from their own teacher, but from the teachers that came before them. And according to Yogapedia, which is I love that. I know. I've never heard of that. Yogapedia. The result of <laughs> that, like, lineage really is an instruction that is enriched by many perspectives and free from the influence of in any one teacher's ego. It also gives these teachers more legitimacy. In mm-hmm. um, an so established lineage, you should be able to trace the chain teachers kind of teachers back pretty far. It is
1: okay. So, like, world. teachers shouldn't be putting their own the spin on, on it, about. like, keep Not it, like, protect it.
0: But, I've heard it, but I don't, like, okay, I know what I'm getting. It's like you automatically have. The backing of Oftentimes, this principled here in the West school of yoga. Okay. So, yoga lineages are usually but that is not really popular. I- um, and it so wasn't until, I want to say, it, so to say, say that, it, that in the 80s, the to say the that way. like there mm-hmm. was so really say, this kind of you know wrong. <laughs> non-linear um, so schools that, that started to uh, form here in, in the kundalini, U.S. that anyone knew Italy, about. Uh-huh. So that is the first the thing we need to know about is lineage and how, how kind of important it is in the yoga world. The second thing is kundalini yoga. So in to or it's all in I mean, order to Kundalini? I've, oh, own I've own. heard
1: it, but I don't know oh. anything of it. Okay. So, yeah. yeah the well, kind of wheel of reciprocity. Oftentimes, kind of we here in
0: Biden, the West yes, call it Kundalini, or, but over... Um, in the it east you. it's called or Kundalini yeah good but that is not how good. I yeah, yeah, yeah. was so ever taught to say it and so, so it feels very inauthentic for me to it say it in so the like to say it in the authentic the, like, way mm-hmm. when, when, so I'm so just when, when we talk <laughs> I mean, you know, it's <laughs> oh when you talk about <laughs> the spine <laughs> I mean, it's like all of this whole moment just made me but in Kundalini so Kundalini it's believed that divine energy rests at the base of your spine and then activated heard of coils up through the six chakras and into the seventh which is the say it. Okay. And I feel like we're so doing in order, it a disservice. it's all in order to we liberate oneself. Yeah. Okay, we are. We <laughs> are. We are, but. Karma meaning. Y- yeah, the kind of wheel of reciprocity um, so that kind it of involve, like, comes back to bite you in the ass. or it's more precise. Give gifts and to you. Repetitive. Or give you gifts. Good. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's more good. More you give good, you get good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it involves a postural practice, but it's more. So like a little bit of I cannot help but like sit straighter. When I said When we talk.
1: Oh, and when you does. talk about the spine, so it's it just like cool all of the, this whole moment just made me sit
0: straighter. So when thank took you. Class. <laughs> so Kundalini oh, yoga yeah. did it oh, for <laughs> you. Okay, <laughs> also hearing Kundalini we'll <laughs> well,
1: <right on>. now <laughs> also <laughs> feels. Like, I've only heard it like maybe two, three times um, in my life. So yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot of. But it now, it, now I've, I've heard the right way to say it, and I feel like we're doing it a disservice. But we continue. Yeah. We are. We are. We are.
0: But it's what it is. So it does involve like a very physical practice, but but it's more precise and repetitive um, like turbans, and it's more it of like white. really... Um. It's a so lot it's of really intense, intense breath work, okay? Chanting, that little bit of movement, a lot of like mudras, so right. like doing things with your hands, yoga and it's in specific this specific sequence. This is where I west. heard it from People here when they took Florida his class. Uh huh. Okay, go on. We'll beat that. We'll right on there. So yeah, so it's a lot of, and they're called they're called kriyas, right? They're these like ways in order to channel this energy. That is the longest acronym. The nervous yeah, system body a, in and mind uh, to and handle the flow. kundalini. No! Rising. And it so, so oftentimes flow. a lot so of kundalini practitioners they wear about, like the white turbans, uh, they dress in all white. So it's a very like kind uh, of distinct practice and than you would see outside of the yoga studios J-Y-A-T-V, that we usually practice at. Right. Yogi Bhajan is primarily responsible for bringing his own brand to the West. And when people here refer to Kundalini yoga, they're usually referring to I have okay, to look at okay. it because it's a lot so, of letters. K-Y-A-T-B-Y-B. K-y-a-t-b-y-b uh, Harbajin Singh Khalsa was born yoga on August 26, 1929, Bhajan, 1929. Which is... There's the
1: longest modern modern acronym. acronym. Yes. <laughs> that's
0: another.
1: worked and it for, for the British flow. Raj as a no, doctor. It and though flow. he was
0: raised Sikh, he, so he attended Catholic So usually when people are talking about... But there is a separate Kundalini yoga community outside of that. But he was always a devoted... And a lot of people now don't teach... K Y A T V. Yeah, i oh, sorry. I can't. <laughs> see, I can't see <laughs> my notes anymore. <laughs> uh, so a like, lot. So, like a lot, lot of always people are really devoted to a practitioner, anymore, and was very interested in his father's practice okay. of medicine, okay. which at the time. So, now uh, to the beginning of our Aveda, story. Harbajan Singh Khalsa was born on August 26, 1929, um, to a wealthy Sikh family time, in modern he Pakistan. He began his his father worked for the British Raj as a doctor, and, and though he was raised a Sikh, and after and after he attended is Catholic schools. because...
1: it yeah, self-proclaimed? Uh-huh. Yeah, this, uh-huh. this is not true. But he was always more a devoted waiter. He's trying to make him sound like.
0: Yeah, he was like, mm, I'm from a great family. I can't, family. See, and also, I can't guess, see my notes yeah, anymore. I'm a seller as well. Yeah. So he was always a really devoted doctor, but, practitioner uh, and was very interested in his Kondilini father's practice of medicine, which at the here. time yeah. included uh, in Ayurveda, when he was 18, which is also really popular within the yoga the community. Mm-hmm. At this time, he alleges India, that he began his yogic training at eight and by 16 and a half had mastered kundalini yoga. Oh, wow. This is not true. Is Which,
1: it yeah, it's self-proclaimed? Yeah, self Yeah, this is self-proclaimed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is not true. Like, like, lady show. But like more on that show? later. He's trying oh, to make no. it sound I like, was thinking yeah, Marvelousness. Like, hmm, no, 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 no. Great no, great no complete opposite. Visit, but- <laughs> I'm a seller as well. As the yeah. They have a part. Uh, <laughs> my dad's have a doctor. A, but uh, like a whole storyline about the partition al- kundalini genius over down. here. Yeah, really? In 1947, um, when he was 18, I mean, was he and his family um, fled to New Delhi, like Delhi during the religious anyway, violence yeah. leading yeah. up Nani to the partition Nani's, of India, which was when the country was split into the Muslim majority Pakistan and the Hindu majority India. So colonialism for them as well. Yeah. Which, have you seen Ms. Marvel? when they came here. That's crazy. The like, TV show like Marvel show. Uh, in New Delhi he went to oh, college with no. other refugees. I, well, I it was kind of a slap-off slap no a complete <laughs> operation. But he became no an active opposite. member of no. the they Sikh have a part uh they, they have like a, a whole storyline about partition the Indian wow. by 19, wow. Pakistan, partition 1947 really? That's- yeah. Good. I mean, it's yeah. very it. scary that's and, like, a lot yeah. of like trauma. Anyway, yeah. uh, by 1953, Nani's family from Pakistan, Pakistan. They for the Indian they government. they are a highly regarded job and as a customs agent at the Palm oh, Airport. Yeah. So and colonialism for them as well. Yeah. Named dirty yeah. Khar. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to, they had to so later known, when they came here. Well, later known crazy. and most know. commonly known In New Delhi, he went to college with other refugees. It was kind of a slap dash operation. Probably complicit. But he became an active member of the Sikh Students Federation and later graduated with a master's in economics. By Whoa. 1953, I so know. So they had met What's, two years prior. The, yeah. His parents arranged that's for incredible. him to meet her. Yeah. She was only 17 fun. at the By time By 1953, Bhajan was working with the Indian I'm government sorry. and had, had a highly angry. regarded job okay. as a customs agent at the Palm Airport and had gotten going married on. to a woman named Inderjit Kaur, later known, later known and yeah, most commonly I mean, sure. known what? as BBG. I've mean, i heard of much crazy. age gaps parents are getting involved. Probably complicit. But uh, very cute. I mean, yeah, I feel like that's um, pretty standard. It, Just I know. On me. So we've been watching you know, a lot of. Um, Scott so Pilgrim they had met take two off. years prior. <laughs> his parents arranged uh-uh. for him to meet her. And she was only seventeen is that, like, at the Scott time is of their meeting. And, he's dating high and he and then, was how, it was, how old? Like, I'm sorry. I think he was twenty-three.
1: Okay. No age shaming going on. Seventeen is young, but not probably back then. Want. Like, yeah, what? I mean, possibly, sure. what? yeah. Could you love them? I mean, I've heard so, of, I've heard of much so crazier young. age gaps like, when parents are getting like involved. Like, it's hard to get to know. like. I get it. I arranged. was 17 once, yeah, and yeah. I thought I knew everything it about myself. It just dawned everything on me. So we've been blah, blah, watching blah. a lot of
0: um, Scott Pilgrim but when, takes in off. in such <laughs> different age, like, <laughs> stages uh-huh. in your life. And when the whole thing is that like about is about about Scott is 23, and old. he's dating a high schooler. Child. He's like 17. Same exact uh-huh. age difference. Uh,
1: I do know. When I Nothing. when I see somebody who's 23 dating somebody in high school, I'm like,
0: what do I have So she came from a wealthy family, and in girls <laughs> didn't have a same Could you love them
1: for it? Because they're still so young. So she says, like it's to 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 know like I get it I was 17 once and I thought I knew everything about myself and everything was figured out and blah 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 but when in such different like stages in your life Mm -hmm. what is it that you like about this 17 year old child nada Mm -hmm. I do know nothing for me (laughs) nada Um, So
0: she came from a wealthy family. And in those days, girls didn't have a say in who they were married to, obviously. So she says, and this is a quote, the next day I came back from college and discovered a party going on in my home. And when I asked what was happening, they said, it's your engagement party. I felt
1: that coming. I
0: replied, oh, you mean that boy I met yesterday? (laughs) oh my god she just was like oh that boy okay. i met
1: yeah just yesterday just yesterday cool this is going down
0: okay yeah thanks so they were engaged for two years so that she could finish college oh and be of like a somewhat legal age i guess although i don't know what the probably legal not. there was marriage yeah. age back then was and they were married in 1955 and eventually had three kids Sometime in the early 60s, Bhajan began studying Hatha yoga with Swami Durendra Brahmachari at, in New Delhi. Durendra Brahmachari was a very popular yoga teacher, and he caught the eye of, oh, I am so sorry for Uh-oh. anyone who wasn't listen to this. It's going to
1: be bad. <laughs> Take a breath. <laughs> Take a breather. Take a beat.
0: Jawaharlal Nehru. That was not that bad. You've practiced internally. I did practice, and internally, (laughs) as I was saying it, my soul left my body because I was like, "I'm sorry for whoever I offended, because he's very famous." Yeah. Oh, okay. He was the first prime minister of India. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so he caught the eye of, or he got the eye of Nehru, and then he was hired to teach yoga to his daughter. His daughter was Indira Gandhi, who in the early 60s was a political powerhouse because she was working with her dad, doing all of this badass shit. And then as a by young six-
1: girl. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: right. And then by 66, she became the first and only female prime minister of India. Oh, my God. Side <laughs> note. <laughs> side note. Mm-hmm. Brahmachari, would en- Brahmachari would end up having a very prolific role as her advisor and was often referred to as the Indian Rasputin. Oh, I thought, do you know who Rasputin is? I thought on that the that pod. would be, on, so <laughs> okay. wait, on the pod, <laughs> what
1: was the other word I was like, oh,
0: dis, so, dis,
1: dis, dis, dis Dickensian? Dickensian, Dickensian,
0: so I, I thought that, that might be your reaction. huh. Archie from, from the Great, great? from the Great, oh, okay, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. okay, so okay. I put that okay. in parentheses. Thank you because oh, I knew. to so my channel's sketch. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So he was basically
0: <laughs> like Archie from, from the Great. great. Okay. okay. And, and she, she was Catherine. Catherine. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. 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 So, can, can get, a get a little. Mm little... uh-huh. hmm. And he did, did a lot, lot of kind of like finagling in his to in hire his, like, to lift his own status. Mm hmm. Um, so Brahmacharya's so teachings Brahmacharya's were described teachings as quote described a subtle as practice, a aiming, subtle at practice nervous, aiming at cleansing and the nervous, naughty, and glandular nervous, systems, and glandular in, order systems order in order to higher achieve awareness in the body. higher awareness in the body. Did I hear nervous, I hear naughty? nervous naughty, nervous and naughty? And nervous and naughty. And the and naughties are the these things, like energetic channels that like go through your body. Oh, I thought you meant like <laughs> <laughs> like <that> naughty.
1: Ooh, <laughs> the nervous system real naughty. I'm so hot. <laughs>
0: I literally was like, "Oh, okay." No, the nadis are like this, like energetic, <laughs> like subtle body system uh-huh. that can get activated as you practice in a certain way or you meditate in a certain way. There's active different poses activate different
1: nadis. Oh, okay,
0: kind okay. of yeah. You're so, welcome
1: for everybody because maybe you didn't know that either.
0: <laughs> most likely, no one did. I mean, based on who's listening, yeah, probably. Better. I should have known better. better. I should have. <laughs> the former director of the ashram described Bhajan as a regular to Durendra's classes, but not a devout student. Meanwhile, BBG, his wife, was a student of Maharaj Versa Singh. Versa Singh was eight years younger than Bhajan, but had a similar background. He was born in present day Pakistan, fled to present day India during partition, and was deeply affected by the trauma. So at an early age, he was very introspective. He would meditate for hours of a day hours a day. He would kind of disconnect oh. from society and just kind of like go into himself. Wow. And he ended up becoming the spiritual leader, often performing miracles and healing members of the community. Miracles I'm putting in quotes, mm. and I did them very subtly, but yeah, no one can but, see that because we're on a podcast. Yeah, but I, I, I picked miracles. up what you're saying. Yeah, I just that. made a face. I was like, uh. <laughs> miracles. Um, He ran an ashram called Gobind Sadhan outside of New Delhi, and although he was highly revered, he had no lineage. Oh, okay. So Durendra Barmachari had a very deep lineage, so mm-hmm. all of his teachers can be traced back generations. Right. Versus Singh none he Straight, was like this is new, my own thing has however he's not a yogi he's a Sikh so oh. he has his own ashram but it's a Sikh ashram like a religious ashram mm-hmm. and so this kind of comes into play later so BBG sent Bhajan to Singh and he became a very devoted student because he obviously is also a Sikh too he ends up bringing other students into Singh's orbit and early on Budjan would tell students that after working a shift at Palm Airport, he would go straight to Gobind Sedan and clean the toilets there, and that Maharaj versus Singh was so touched by his devotion that he touched his third eye, giving Budjan Baj- cosmic consciousness. Oh. This story has never been confirmed. <laughs> like a little
1: gift? Yeah. <laughs> Good looking Just out. Thanks boop. for the- thanks He pooped him on the third <laughs> eye yeah. and was like- <laughs> The toilets are glistening. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> boop. <laughs>
0: So the story has never been confirmed. It also has been adapted over the years as his story changes. OK. In 1968, Budgeon emigrated to Toronto ahead of his family. So he leaves them behind originally to start an import-export business. OK. Which makes sense because yeah. he's a customs agent working in an airport. In Canada, he teaches some yoga, but soon gets a woman pregnant and flees to Los Angeles
1: oh no so he left bbg three kids loser i know oh yeah i kind of felt like that was going to happen like the second no i mean i shouldn't speak for everybody or for every situation but the second a man leaves his family his whole family and like is starting brand new you know too I many know. things In to the get the into too many things to dabble into
0: very uh, patriarchal times yeah 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 that's a bummer so L.A. in 1968 was a hub of, like, hippie counterculture. Uh The Beatles had just visited the Maharishi in India, so they were introducing Indian themes into their music and talking about transcendental meditation. People were experimenting with psychedelics. Psychedelics. I felt that coming. Uh I know. Looking for a deeper meaning to life outside of the boxes they were raised in. That tracks, yeah. A Vice documentary referred to this time as a spiritual gold rush. So – It was just like wide open for basically anyone that was basically brown to come over and be like, "Guess what?" Yeah, I feel it. Also, also a lot of white people (laughs) pretending to be brown. It it was like
1: the in thing.
0: Uh huh. (laughs) I feel like this is the origin of where people were like, "I'm one eighth Cherokee." Yeah. Oh no. So it's okay if I wear all this shit yeah when, and you're like and no no
1: actually it's super wild that yeah. you're even thinking it's appropriate <laughs> to do stuff like that yeah no I feel like that was the time where like much like it, not exactly like it is today but people figuring themselves out and like it being normal and cool and like like trendy almost to be free or to be you know
0: But yeah, no, I feel like at that time,
1: it's, yeah, like, let's get weird. Let's get wild. Let's, you know, Well, and it also
0: was, like, this time when, like, during – I feel like a lot of parents during World War II, like, they sacrificed, had Mm -hmm. this box of people trying to fit in. And then this is around the time of, like, Vietnam, around the time where they're, like, this isn't working for us. We're looking for something different. We're looking to break out of what – like this kind of clean cut society wants us to be. Whatever this is, it's not working
1: for us. So let's, let's like explore and figure it out and find new ways to find meaning and fulfillment and all those things. So
0: yeah, Yeah, I get. So first he was probably thinking that this import export business could be very lucrative. So he's going to sell like fabric and beads that's what from i was gonna india. ask what is he importing and exporting like fat like shit from india that oh. all of these white people are gonna be like i want it i want, I want, it's, gonna I want <laughs> it's gonna make me look real i want
1: to make me look real authentic forget 100 yeah. white and so it me. kind of
0: seems like a no-brainer mm-hmm. he ends up being passed around in la a lot and philip d slip who is this scholar who has done all this digging and wrote this like amazing article on the origins of Yogi Bhajan and 3HO his organization um, interviewed some of these people and they said he was pushy uh, kind of creepy and overbearing. So they were like, bye. He yeah. Go. I love this
1: fresh perspective who like doesn't like have anything to do with where he's come from or anything like that. He's like literally interviewing him at face value or researching him at face value with like a fresh mind and being like, whoa, like
0: this shit's wild. Like anybody else kind of like- Oh, no. So Phil slip and he, if you ever – like need to know more about yogi bhajan you can find he's on so many podcasts and he's got this really great paper that i'll post in the show notes he was like wanted to know what the like where how did this legend start like, mm-hmm. what was where his did it lineage? begin where what? how did this guy come to be and so he just did the digging and what he found out was like opened up this whole new perspective on Budgeon and how we kind of rose to prominence. So he said that all these people were like, You're creepy, you're weird. So at first he stays with this Punjabi dentist who was like, No, you gotta go. Then he stays with a man named Warren Stagg who owned a vegetarian restaurant in LA, which I think at the time was the only vegetarian restaurant in LA uh-huh. called Help. And it stood for it stood for health, ecology, love, and peace. And it was there that a lot of these hippies would come back and look at a bulletin board and try to find a guru, which – a bulletin board. A bulletin board. Yeah, I was like, like, what does this look like? I with, just want to know. With thumbtacks and everything, like – I Does it have, like, you know, like those babysitting flyers where it's like, need a babysitter and it's not your number? You, like, rip the rip tag. the tag off. I was like, need guru? Yeah. <laughs> So eventually he ended up being hosted. Yeah, he ended up being hosted by this woman named Judith Tyberg. And she ran the East West Cultural Center in LA where he ended up teaching yoga. Okay. And she ended up firing him three months after like three months of him working there for being a creep and being inappropriate with women. (gasps) And meanwhile, where's his new baby mama and his new baby? Mm. Okay. I guess supposedly she ended up coming to LA to be like, hey, where is this guy? Yeah. And I don't know what ever to happened. To no avail. Okay. Yeah, to no avail. But Judith Tyberg was a very smart lady. And for years, she didn't divulge why she fired him because she was kind of walking the walk and she didn't believe in talking shit. Okay,
1: um, that's nice so of her. That's like, big. Know. That's really
0: big. It is really big of her, but it also is very fair to ask. And Philip D. Slip, I think I heard him kind of posit this, is that yes. However, it's fair to ask that if in keeping her silence – Did it not only allow for gossip to flourish and for him to kind of take control of the narrative, but also to kind of, it ended up suppressing kind of the more predatory nature that he ends up having. Yeah. But in the first few months that he had been there, he amassed a huge following. And one of these followers was a woman named Pamela Dyson. He met Pamela Dyson. She was a regular at Help, that vegetarian restaurant, Uh and was already practicing yoga, but was in need of like she was on the hunt for a guru. She was like, I need someone to help me to take me further. She had just recently gone through a divorce. She was only 25. She was like looking for that direction in life that she just wasn't getting. Yeah. She was a secretary at Warner Brothers and was just kind of floating. And this is
1: literally the stage in life where people are most vulnerable and will just latch on to somebody that sounds like They're selling like the good good, you know, like, yeah, he can help her. He can guide her. He can take her deeper into her practice and into her,
0: you know, self. Yeah. So she sees an ad for a lecture at the East West Center and decides to go. And she's like, maybe this guy will be my guru. She ends up not really liking the lecturer, Mm -hmm. but she notices Budgen in the back of the room and he's wearing this bright pink turban. And she's like, this man is so attractive. Okay, so she's like, "Mama, get private lessons from him." Okay, oh my god. Which I I need to see what he looks like. I don't understand. I mean, he's not for me, but I mean, but he's for somebody, right? Yeah, he's for somebody. That's fine. So, in their first session, she describes it as being kind of an interview process where he's like, "Okay, what is your goal? What do you want to do? Like, what what are your end goals?" And then they do a couple of postures. And then she lays down into a shavasana. And then, as she's laying in shavasana, he puts his hand on her belly and then one hand on her boob. And she's like,
1: This is your heart, but I'm gonna cut. My I don't boobs. know.
0: She was like, She said at first, she was like, What the fuck? But then was like, It didn't seem gropy. It seemed clinical. Like his eyes were closed and he was kind of looking off in the distance. And so she was like, Okay, maybe I'm just uneducated about something. And this is like how it's supposed to be.
1: Ladies, just so you know, always follow your gut instinct. Don't doubt
0: yourself. No. Because in this moment, she'd be wrong. Yeah. She, and I think that's like, I think that's also, I think that this is often what happens is how people get taken advantage of is that they think, like, oh, this is normal for this practice. And it's me that has to work through something to right. fe- make it feel okay. Right. And it's not. No. 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 Your body is your body. Like no one should be touching your boobs. No. Unless you want them to touch your boobs. I mean, in that
1: case, have Adam. Yeah. But until then, <laughs> until then. I'm a hard good pass. Luck, good, good, luck, luck good luck finding them. Good are, luck finding them. They're like holding them. They're They've like, like of their
0: own. <laughs> <laughs> They're 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 agile. <laughs> they be going places. <laughs> so Budgeon kind of like hooks in Dyson by telling her, like, you know. If you want to deepen your knowledge like your knowledge, I can do that. I can teach you to be a teacher. And then she would like, he then pass his lineage if he were to Well then so yeah, she would be indirect. He would be the main teacher and she would be a in some lineage. Right. So and he's then like, she like, I would can then teach get you all the okay. So he's like, I can teach you to be a teacher. And she's like, Well, I'm kind of like gonna leave the country. I don't have time. And he's like, Well, we could do it just if you if you have the – if you say that you want to do it and you commit, you can do it. But you have to promise me that you'll finish. And so she was like, I don't really know. And he's like, well, you commit or you don't commit. Like, you you can do it. Yeah. But you just need to commit to finish it. And she was like, okay, sure.
1: Like, like he made it sound like just so simple, just so black it's and like, white. Yeah, but, like, like you it, need to decide so now. You need to, like, decide yes or decide no.
0: Yeah. He's and like, if you decide no. Yeah. He's basically, like, making her kind of, like – Make a promise. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll finish it. And I don't know. That's creepy. Like I feel like I feel I mean, like I would be fucked up by that because I feel like that's too stressful. That would immediately would, like, be a no for me. It would be a no. Yeah. But if you do say yes, I feel like there'd always be that pressure there to like complete the thing. Yeah. Like, you know, which is why I lean towards no. I know. Well, it took me a really long time at twenty five. I'd be saying yes and overpromising. Well, so you know, I just things.
1: learned how to say no. I just experienced. Yeah, this the is Jomo. something
0: that only happens in your late thirties, where you're like, yeah, no, yeah. Nah. yeah.
1: Because even like a month
0: ago, I don't know, Gen Z Z has no problem with those, I've noticed. Good for them. Yeah, I like that for them. So Pamela is introduced to other followers. And at first she's like, this is kind of a weird mix, but everyone's pretty cool and they're welcoming and very familial. So she ends up feeling very home with, like, at home with this group of people. They, like, picnic in the park. They have
1: barbecue. they have, like, a good community, it, like, it sounds like. Yeah, it's a like, like, cute little community. And, and it's, like, like, instant family for her. Yeah. And especially that's something in a, the phase where you missing. feel like you don't mm-hmm. have that.
0: Yeah. So, originally, she said that he wore, when she first met him, He's wearing a turban, a button-down shirt, slacks, and loafers with ox and as his following grew he started wearing these long white shirts with the cotton pants and then she says those like shoes that are pointed that she's like what genies oh uh uh-huh and i don't know what they're called and i don't want to mispronounce it but that's how she describes it in her book i did recently go to a indian wedding and saw a white person wearing them and immediately was like bleh (laughs) <laughs> however no one else seemed to care except for me so i don't know i just don't want to mispronounce what they're actually called there's Juthi slipper are they really pointed uh-huh. like going up curving up uh-huh. like it could take an eye out yeah okay but no, only no that... if the
1: eye is looking directly down at the yeah, yeah. like
0: yeah. if you kicked someone you wouldn't poke an eye out because it would become because it would you. yeah it would it would be like the end of a it would be random. yeah Only if you pulled backwards. So he started wearing all of this kind of garb, like what you would think of when you think of like this like yoga from like a yogi from India in the Mm -hmm. 60s, like that's what he started dressing like. So in his classes, he taught postural yoga, meditation with Sikh philosophy and something and it's like I think I mentioned before, it's like kind of crazy because Sikhism and yoga are completely separate things. Right. So one is a religion, Sikhism is a religion, yoga is That's not it's it is not a religion at all. It's mm-hmm. a spiritual practice, definitely not a religion. So, and I I do think that you can have like Sikh philosophy in a yoga class if you are Sikh teaching yogas to other Sikhs. Sure. Or or, or like or the philosophy without it, I don't know. I'm I'm not saying it can't exist, but this is what he was doing at the time and selling it as kundalini yoga. And it, in fact, was not okay, – okay. And it okay, was so, not. Right. It was regular, Religion. like, regular, regular yoga with Sikh philosophy. And his breath work and his – like, the physical practice and the breath work were, like, super, super intense. And the way – that he would do it would make a student feel high at the end of it.
1: Have you ever done <gasps>
0: when we do like those breathing? Um, yeah, yeah. So, at degrees. So when you do like Bastrika breath, which is that like really fast, like uh huh. He so one of the things he does is that he he takes a lot of the like names of things and he like brings it over and he just calls it like white. He like does a rough translation of things, so he calls it breath of fire. So he would do that. So you end up feeling like floaty and you feel like high. Yeah. And so one of his students, Tej Steiner, who ended up running the Toronto 3HO ashram, said that it was the sense of getting high without drugs that hooked a lot of them. Because I think that it's like the talent of the 60s. They're like, yeah, doing they've been going hard for years. Yep. And so finally they find the spiritual practice where they're like, I able can get to a get similar high to- without doing shit. Without damaging my whole body. Yeah. So that's kind of what hooked a lot of them. But also that feeling can be very addicting. Right. So and honestly, honestly, that feeling for me when I was like – at first I was like, oh, this breathing class was
1: like way too much mm-hmm. because like it's dark, things are over your eyes, and all I'm doing is breathing. And all of a sudden you feel like this like rush of like crazy go through your body that's like – and I was like, Ugh! like I didn't know how to feel. But once mm-hmm. I like kind of like accepted that, it was really cool. And I was like, that's why I would go back. And it just like sets you up proper for the rest of the day. Yeah. So.
0: No, I think that there's definitely a purpose for that kind of breathing. So in early 1969, only a few months after meeting Yogi Bhajan, he asked Dyson to quit her job as a secretary at Warner Brothers and to move into the house that he shared with all of his followers. But wait, wasn't she leaving the country shortly? Anyway? She was. I. She never really mentions if she left. I don't think she ended up leaving. I think that she just was she like pivoted this is me and was now. like, oh. So she ends up moving into this like shared house, and then when he asked for it, she gave him ten thousand dollars, which was her entire life savings.
1: What? Just to just because, see, that's when you know what they're asking for your money. Mm-hmm. If one of my very good friends were to even ask me for ten thousand dollars, I'd be like, sure, okay. Why? Why? All the questions asked, like, what are we doing with it? Like, maybe, like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's never just a blind. Here you go, because I feel obligated to you.
0: No, no, it's I don't I don't understand that, but. Apparently, a lot of people do this. So he began to call her Premka, which she says in an interview I saw she didn't realize it at the time, but it meant mistress in Punjabi, which I cannot verify. Which is crazy because they – what do you mean? I can't verify that. I mean, she says it, but when I looked it up, I kept looking up. Mistress just in Pajab- I couldn't find. I oh, couldn't okay. find it. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know if that is necessarily true. Maybe if someone knows. But Punjabi, were they, they even can tell getting?
1: Me. Were they even getting physical at that point?
0: Not at that point. But so he had plans. Already. So he had plans. So she became his assistant of sorts. She ended up driving him around, helped with letter writing, transcribing his lectures. She was taking all of these texts and translating them like through him so that she could like he could publish it. Mm-hmm. She also became his nighttime attendant.
1: The fuck is a nighttime attendant? It
0: was her job to massage him to sleep. And he required an attendant while he slept because sometimes he would need to leave his body to receive messages from his master. And his body would get so cold he might freeze to death. Stop. So she's just there. Is
1: she sleeping
0: next to him or is she just sitting by Oh, yeah, yeah. She would – no, she would – oh, no, she would sit by him. She would massage him to sleep they'd have some sex and then she'd go back she'd go back to a rolled up mat next to his bed and then try to stay awake just in case because his body left because one time she said that she had fallen asleep and she woke up and woke up and his body felt cold and she was like oh my god he's dying so she's just praying and massaging him and then all of a sudden she's like then i could like the
1: window wasn't left open it just that i was he wasn't wearing blankies like i don't People no. get cold at night, and then you sh-
0: turn over and Put you move a blanket, blanket it over. Yeah, I have no idea. Anyways, she said that from that point on, she was like, "I trained myself to only ever be half asleep, so that in case he like stirred, I was there." And what kind? It of is like high mind? control groups. One of their tactics is sleep deprivation. Yeah, so that's usually one of the ways in which they disorient you to end up. Controlling you, which,
1: like much like my babies did when we were, yeah, (laughs) when I was a new mom, when we served, when we served (laughs) the cult of our children, the the, the cult of our children, I became, I became forever into their indentured soldier, Mm -hmm. servant.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So in her lawsuit, eventually she ends up suing suing him. him. So in a lawsuit, she claims, quote. Budgeon demanded that I coordinate his sexual liaisons with other members of the Secretariat, meaning his whole gaggle of secretaries, and arrange for the orgies that occurred between him and several members of the Secretariat. I refused to participate in the orgies, and in making the arrangements for them, I learned later that he would then discredit me behind my back as untrustworthy and advise the other women other women members of the Secretariat not to trust me in any matters.
1: I don't understand. What a man can say to a woman to get them to abide by this
0: I think that they of, find you. So um, Charles Manson. Oh, I'm familiar. So Charles Manson had always said that when he was targeting people, he wanted them bruised but not broken. But he was also because drugging that, them. Yes, but not originally, not at first. Uh, and they would love bomb he would pull them in when they were damaged he knew what they needed he knew what they needed to hear and then he would love bomb the shit out of them and then and, they would just like And hang then they on would be that love. yeah and then by the time that he was drugging them they were taking it willingly because they would have fallen they would have done anything yeah and I think it's very similar here where he's just love bombing her, love bombing her, love bombing her. And all the secretaries to make all of them be like, yeah, okay, let's yeah. do this. And at this time, there wasn't a lot like – there wasn't as much like – I mean, LA's big, but mm-hmm. it didn't have that many people who were claiming to be these like guru types. And everyone right. was so hungry for this like spiritual awakening. I think they were like – willing to go outside of their comfort zone or go beyond their own like intuition to be like this isn't right because they're like something is not working anyway so if i go outside of what i know to work then maybe it'll lead to something great right and maybe like the
1: hugh hefner effect is that in alignment at all where like He's, like, this big, like, big name, super rich, blah, 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 gets all these girls, young girls who think the world of him and know that the life that he leads. And they essentially would do whatever he wanted. Well, yeah, because it comes with
0: access and power.
1: Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. And he comes, but
0: A ghost. Yeah. No, it's our access and power. It was like a little ball fell from the tree. Oh, maybe I was thinking it was just like the metal of the, you know, like
1: a house settling, but like yeah. the, metal. the metal, metal settling. settling, metal settle. Don't worry, it's just metal yeah, settle. It's just
0: <laughs> metal settle. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it. I think it's similar. I think that people were uneducated on what a relationship between a student and a teacher should look like. Actually, wait pause this because i actually have notes okay back on (laughs) back on okay so i had written this like little kind of guru student primer that i was like maybe we'll do a whole episode on but uh, it was just kind of too much Mm -hmm. but the so the guru culture what we have in the west is not what it was like typically back in the east whether Mm -hmm. it was Buddhist or Sikh or Hindu, like it was all kind of different. And Rob Priest who it or Priest Rob Priest, a Buddhist author and psychotherapist, writes in his book, The Noble Imperfection, that a guru slash disciple relationship can be valuable, but because of the ignorance or kind of the naivety of Westerners not knowing what a healthy guru disciple relationship should look like and lack of understanding on the guru's part as to the nature of Western psychological makeup, mm-hmm. it can be super toxic. Yeah. So And that's honestly like unfortunately what I feel like has been
1: a Recurring theme.
0: Yeah, recurring theme. So, yeah, Priest says, quote, in its simplest sense, transference occurs when unconsciously a person endows another with an attribute that actually is projected from within themselves. Giving this power over to someone else, they have a certain hold and influence over us that is hard to resist while we become enthralled or spellbound by the power of the archetype. With transference, we give that person power over us, which carries the potential for great insight and inspiration, but also the potential for danger. Yeah, like, look at me doing that research.
1: Yeah, you and 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 you would want to feel like you can trust this person because there's a lot of opportunity for all that good insight and all the you know the goodness that can come along with it, mm-hmm. but. It seems to be that recurring theme that
0: these are all like really yucky people.
1: Yeah,
0: and I think that um, which sucks. I don't think that Budgeon started out with good intentions. However, I think a lot of people do start out with good intentions, and it goes awry once they have power. Once the power and gets involved, to money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in December of 1970, Budgeon took 84 of his followers on a trip to India. They spent months learning about Indian customs and protocols for places of worship. They were supposed to stay at Gobind Siddhan, the ashram run by Maharaj Versa Singh, and were told, do not talk about yoga at the ashram. And they were like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. That's weird because it's a Sikh ashram. It's not a yoga ashram. Uh And in Sikhism, you don't meditate to find spiritual enlightenment. Like that's not a part of their practice. That's not –
1: So it kind of has no place there. Right. He's like, don't talk about it because I've done this all wrong and have been teaching it to you guys all wrong. And if you guys bring it up, it's going to essentially out me and we're like, I'm going to have this
0: shitstorm to deal with. Yeah, pretty much. So the trip was very weird and tense, and it led to a break between versus Singh and Bhajan. I'm thinking,
1: why would he even do that? That's like flying too close to the sun almost. Like, bringing, like,
0: that's a big risk that he's taking on by bringing them all. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what his thinking was. I think it was a little bit of an ego uh-huh. thing. So the particulars aren't very clear. Budgeon said that Versus Singh wanted him to hand his students over to him. Then he said that Versa Singh wanted him to align politically behind someone that he behind somebody, and he was like, "I can't be bought." And it kind of makes no sense because he's a nobody in India. Uh-huh. Like, why would he? Why would he? Why want? would he be asking for him to align again, like with somebody? But what we do know is that when they arrived, BBG and his kids were with, with Versa him. Singh, like with with him. Like they were staying at the ashram because he left them. Yeah. And so they were saying with dry. So, And so apparently he had told Pamela Dyson that when he arrived, his wife didn't s- sit, stand on his side with him. He, she was standing with versus Singh, Singh. and that was a big slap in the face. But like as it should have been, also, he should have got a drop kick to the face. Yeah. But also there was a lot of tense words, a lot of kind of like fighting, mm-hmm. and Pamela Dyson says that like. BBG was upset the whole trip. Like, her face was, like, swollen from crying a ton. Oh. And mine- At this point, how long had he been gone? Like, I th- quite a while. Yeah. Maybe like, a year or so. Yeah. Maybe longer. Maybe longer. It sounds
1: like it would have been longer. Oh,
0: 1970. So if he left it – so two years. Okay. So two years. But it was, like, late 70. God, he got a lot of bullshit done in two years. years. He got a lot of bullshit done. So – my thought, and this is pure speculation, is that he probably showed up and Versus Singh was probably like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You left your wife. You have all Three these kids. random ass white people here. What have you brought like, these is... 84 white people? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And so he probably called him on it and it led to tension. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, what that's was I mean, that is bringing... my guess. What
1: did he expect bringing all these people
0: You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What did he think was going to happen? Yeah. Uh, Pamela Dyson was also three months pregnant. Fuck. And he arranged for her to go to some back alley to get an abortion. Which was And she did it? Yeah, which was also illegal because it was illegal in America at the time, but it was also illegal. In in, India? And she had been like, I want to keep the baby. This can be good. This can be good. And he was like, no.
1: He arranged it
0: and she did it. Oh, my God. So – They end up leaving Gobind Sudan super abruptly. Like, they were like, pack your stuff. We got to go. Yeah. And ended up staying at a mango farm instead. They travel around India, going to all these different places of worship. And on the last day, he brings, like, the 80-some-odd white people to the Golden Temple, which is this, like, magnificent, beautiful – I've seen pictures of it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So he brings them there and then inducts them into Sikhism. None of the tourists knew what was happening. No. Yeah. And one woman who was there said – And it's all in like a different language and you know they don't know what's going on. Yeah, they had no idea. One woman who was there says, quote, I didn't know the ceremony was affirming an agreement to live the life of a Sikh. I now understand that this could cause Indian Sikhs to be furious with Yogi Bhajan. What we did was a desecration of a sacred ceremony and it was not appropriate.
1: Yeah, absolutely not. Oh, I'm glad that she made that statement because she's like, I want – Like, She didn't know that until – that was a recent statement.
0: Oh, my God. Because they don't – she had no idea. No, not at the time, probably. And so it's also important to note that – oh, I've already talked about this. Hmm. Sikhs, the the Sikhs, they don't practice yoga. Well, it's not part of – It's two separate things. It's not part of their religion. Right. They aren't vegetarian. They don't revere living gurus. They don't wear exclusively white. So what he's saying is not – Sikhism, it's this uh, like
1: it's a hybrid of whatever he wanted to put together. Whatever he just put a name on it and call it
0: shit in there. Yeah. So on the way home, Dyson suffers a massive hemorrhage from the the... them, Is hospitalized in London and is left there alone while everyone else goes on to the US. Oh my God. And he obviously goes
1: on to the US with everybody else because he's like, don't care. Yeah. I know that's so scary. Oh my god! Can she have kids?
0: Yeah, she after said, she, that, yeah, she had. She kids ended up having yeah. kids. Okay. So from this point on, Bhajan's historical narrative changes. He starts saying that his personal guru was Guru Ram Das, and the story about him going to Gobind Sidan to clean became him going to the Golden Temple to worship Guru Ram Das. He also, too. I know, I'm like still glitching. Yeah. Uh, he also kind of says that there's this other teacher named Sant Hazara Singh. But there is no – Nothing else you can find to support that. No. And Philip D. Slip was like, I don't think this person is a person (laughs) at all. He's like kind of creating this lineage to like give himself
1: legitimacy. Right. To give himself more of that like – not cloud, So, but. yeah,
0: and it's like this person, this Sant Hazara Singh, who supposedly taught him when he was eight and declared him a master of kundalini yoga at 16 and a half. So he's now created this new narrative, created this lineage for himself and has made himself some kind of like wonder, like wonderkind wonderkind? wonder kind or wonder kind. Wonder kind. What does there. he say? What does he say on Tel They call him you wonder You don't want to ask me because okay. I thought it was wonder kid. <laughs> Yeah, um, but remember the whole time he's like, "It's not Wonderkid." Oh god, yeah, anyway. Just, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, thought it was I don't know what kid. it is. I thought it actually was Wonderkid for a long time until mm-hmm. it's like Wonderkind, Wonderkind, Wonderkind. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, he's made himself a boy genius, basically, of Kundalini yoga. A
1: self-proclaimed boy genius who yeah, was not
0: to be confused with the amazing band.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he literally. Created himself at a very young age, which is kind of scary. Like when you think about it, like all the people who have done something like this, who've created themselves, who live in their own like world of reality, Mm kind of start young.
0: Well, no, that none of that was true. He didn't practice yoga at all when he was no. I know, but he made it up. up. Oh yeah,
1: he starts like like creating this psychological. Oh what?
0: You became a guru when you were like twenty i became a guru yeah exactly like
1: one-upper for life and then ultimate one-upper yeah
0: and then they just like
1: i don't know i feel like with a lot of the the stories that i've bumped into they all kind of like were yeah a weird quest
0: for like power and recognition yeah so the community grew rapidly Bhajan would teach classes, dub students teachers, and then send them out in the world with little knowledge to start their own yoga centers and ashrams. He often taught celibacy outside of marriage and would arrange marriages. Isn't it ironic? On the spot, I know, in order to make sure no funny business happened between the single folk. Oh my God. There would be mass weddings, and they would often just be very poor matches that people would just be stuck with because they were like well i mean this is what my guru told me to do oh my god Uh... by the mid-70s they had a ton of businesses making them millions of dollars there was golden temple restaurants kettle chips no yogi tea no i know my favorite tea my favorite. Tea I is Yoki
1: cannot. Tea. They're
0: not owned by please. them anymore. Okay,
1: they were bought out. They
0: were bought out by someone else. Cattle chips too. Yes, cattle chips okay. were also bought out. Sunshine oils, which I don't know, but also a call security who mostly runs like ice detention centers, which is like. The most unyoga yeah, yeah, shit yeah. that you could possibly. I don't know do. how
1: that aligned. I don't know how that came into fruition. It
0: doesn't well, money.
1: Yeah, well, money. But I'm just like.
0: I know. So they started a ranch in New Mexico, and they would hold these huge summer solstice celebrations there. So it was kind of like their. It was like Kundalini Coachella, basically. Uh-huh. So it was like they'd all go. They would do like hours, days long meditations. Fun. Uh-huh. There would be music and chanting, and it probably was fun there was also women's camps and i'll pause for you to crack (laughs) um so there was also a woman's camp which i saw a video of and i was Gross. gross yeah dang it was i was hoping it was gonna be i don't know why
1: what i was hoping it was gonna be it was like him sitting there
0: and he's like hugh come here sexy do this pose look at her what and that's a woman's camp so fucking disgusting so Budgeon, i think a lot of people thought that he was very like feminist because some of the stuff he said was like seemed to pander to like A more feminist crowd, but he had very patriarchal views of women. He would often say that when a woman hits 30, she reaches her peak, and after 40, it's all downhill.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Mind you, his wife is over 40 at this point. fuck him. Pamela Dyson also would say he would verbally abuse BBG in a way that seemed unlike the way he presented himself in public. And then he would just be like – So she
1: got to sit there and like – Figure out how they interact, even or was it just well, the So short because time they were she there?
0: because she was his personal assistant, and she ended up being like he ended up calling her the secretary general, which gave her this like big position of power. But she was like glued to him. She still slept. She slept in their bedroom. What every
1: night? Yeah. With BBG, I don't think that BBG and so tell me slept she together. never went back. Tell me that it never like. That BBG never went back to him and that they never. Oh, no, no, really-
0: no. They were married until in- he died. Cool. Mm-hmm. Love that for him. Yeah. So, yeah. So she said that he was like just so awful to her. And he was like, This is how sometimes I have to teach people so that they can learn. And she was just like, He was my guru. He knows best. So I was just like, Blah, blah, blah. Like, sure. That shit's
1: so wild to
0: me. I know. That shit is so wild to me he's he's pretty gross. And so the community was expanding. These businesses were raking in millions of dollars, but the people were very poor. They'd give they give everything to him. They gave everything to him. They were giving inheritances, they were giving handing over life insurance policies from parents that had passed away. Oh my god. Um, and then they were working for either free or for minimum wage in all of these businesses and just promised to be And a part they were of just the like we're furthering the it's cause, for, we're yeah. furthering the cause. We're like spreading peace and love. And also because these arra- people were being arranged in these marriages, they were also having babies, and these babies were born into this weird mm. brand of Sikhism was very that was not, yeah, that was not Sikhism. But they thought that they, it was Sikhism. It's what they knew to be Sikhism. Yeah, and so they started to gain more political influence, meeting with high-profile leaders around the world. Bhajan created a lot of enemies in the Punjab and Sikh communities in India, which well, created yeah. a high level of security, which – Another high control group tactic is also making you feel like you are in a sense of, like there's a sense of danger Mm -hmm. that you're only safe with the people that you're with.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like a paranoia that he's, yeah, like a a a paranoia paranoia that anyone outside is trying to get at you. So Pamela Dyson said that oftentimes she would get calls from him when she was on diplomatic trips and he would be like, there's an, there's intel that there's a plot to assassinate you. You better do this. Yeah, you and then she would out. be like, "He saved me. He was there. He cares about me. I oh, I'm forever indebted to him." Mm-hmm. So during this time, she was seeing less of him because of the growth of 3HO. 3HO is the company that, or the the organization, and it stands for Happy Holy Healthy, or Happy Healthy Holy, or something like that. Okay. Three H. Three H's. She was seeing less of him because of this growth, but was also very much in love with him. And at this point, she was over 30. So she's already past her peak. Already peaked. peaked. Yeah. Um, and he'd already moved on to the much younger staff. At one point, she fell in love with another aide. And she went to budge in and was like, I want to be married to this guy. And he was like, no. Shut up. He made her marry him off to Orando, made her perform the ceremony. He just picked someone out and he was like, yeah, 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 you're going to marry this person, made her perform the ceremony.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. In the mid 80s. So she's
1: like watching, essentially performing the ceremony for her loved one to yeah. be married off to somebody else.
0: Yeah. And so in the mid 80s, she ended up leaving 3HO and moved to Hawaii, ended up marrying that guy. He was like – So he found her – No. So he was like, I mean, I've always been in love with you. I was just – was doing what was right by this. But me and my wife, we have a very platonic relationship. And they ended up like leaving and going to Hawaii and getting married, having a baby. But Budgen was pissed. As these types do, they get super pissed when anyone tries to leave. Mm -hmm. So he talked shit and eventually called on Tej Steiner, who was the – he was running 3HO in Toronto and he was like, please talk some sense into her. She's insane. So he ends up hearing that, like, him and Dyson, Dyson and Budgeon had been having an affair. And so he calls her and he's like, hey, is this true? And she was like, everything is true. And so he was like, Budgeon gathered very quickly that Dyson had told him everything. Yeah. And he says to Steiner, quote, I know that you know certain things. I just want to tell you that there are so many people who love me in this family, so many people, and some of them have guns. If you tell people what you know, I'm not responsible for what they might do. They are crazy, and they love me that much. That's so crazy.
1: That is so crazy. How about a threat without
0: a threat? Yeah. Yeah. How about the dance around the threat? Yeah. So Steiner ended up writing a letter to the Kundalini leadership, writing, "Quote: Can we open openly question our spiritual teacher's actions without punitive measures taken against us? If we hold any la- any leader above this accountability, we move from being a Dharma to being an occult."
1: One thousand percent. I love that that was worded that way too, because it just leaves
0: no no room for like a no. Yeah. So, in turn, he was attacked by leadership and God ended up it. leaving. No! Yeah. In 1994, they joined the UN as a non-governmental organization representing women's issues, human rights, and providing education about alternative systems of medicine. Good for him. No, that's not him. That's what they did. Oh! Which is, like, super ironic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they Wait. were like, oh, I thought that's what he went and turned around when No, no I wish. That was too good. No. He seems
0: like a chill guy. Mm-hmm. No, this is just what they were doing to like while all of this is going on. Yeah. This is Yeah. I bet doing. you they're just trying to shiny object it and be like, Yeah. Well, we wouldn't do that. Look at all this other good we're doing. That doesn't align. Yeah. So in 1996, 3HO started the Mary Perry Academy. The idea was called distance therapy. Budgeon believed that America would fuck up all these kids born into 3HO with the drugs and, like, their basically dumbass way of thinking. So he sent them away. So he's like, we, they sent them to boarding schools, to farms, to live with other families. And then in 1990, 1996, they started their own academy. At first, I think that people thought like, oh, you're right. This is a good idea. But at the schools, the kids were isolated. They were abused and neglected. Yeah. The school taught mostly about this invented history of (laughs) (laughs) Bajan. This like fake. Yeah, like this fake history of Bajan and his teachings and not any academics. So when they left the school – college isn't really an option. They don't No, have... they have nothing. They can't even test in. No, they have nothing. And so there's multiple accounts of women returning from school and being placed in the secretarial staffs and being raped or molested. They were fucked from the jump. Yeah. Often no one spoke up because they didn't want to out the man that meant so much to their community. That is crazy to me. Uh trigger warning. Rape and sexual assaults. So Kate Felt, a woman who had been groomed to enter his secretariat, alleges she was raped violently by Budgeon with the help of her sister.
1: With the help of her sister.
0: Yeah. She says that her sister held her down and they both beat her. And
1: like her her actual sister? Or like do they call each other sisters? Actual sister. Oh my fucking God. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. That is disgusting. I one, mean, Raven's yeah. is disgusting in general, but, like, the way in which that was done is just so, like, gruesome. Like,
0: yeah. I was shocked at that one.
1: There is nothing in – like, I, it's hard for me to jump into the mindset of all these people that do these awful things because these are seemingly, like, they start off as, like, regular people, like, good people. I feel like people are good in general until they're not, right? But I, I feel like what goes through – it, it's this is all a big mind fuck. What goes how does one person start like this and end up like this mm-hmm. still under the guise that they're doing the right thing? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't understand. Like I would not ne- like just never. No. Like that's such a hard thing for me to picture. It's something I've never pictured in my life. But to wrap my head around a sister helping a bad guy rape her sister is fucking like i don't know no can't reconcile that that is
0: bad bad karma no 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 that's the baddest the baddest karma. karma one woman said that in the late fall of 1990 oh this is a quote in the late fall of 1990 i was cleaning he made me stand up asked me to twirl around and then he proceeded to put both of his hands on my breasts he squeezed them he turned me around did the same to my butt I was scared. We were alone. I was mortified. He said, you're almost ready and turning out very nicely.
1: (gasps) You're almost ready and turning out very nicely. Like, I'm sizing you. It's like he poked a turkey and was like, "Mm." or you know what I mean? Like, did a temp check and was like, almost.
0: You're looking good. This girl was like straight out of high school. It's fucking sad. Super disgusting. A lot of women thought this was normal. And despite instinctively well, knowing in the that world it
1: wasn't,
0: yeah, well, so they, I think, instinctively were like, "This isn't right." But they were raised in the community, and Yoga Yogi Bhajan was known to say, "A woman's duty is to be a saint in the kitchen and a hooker in the bedroom." Oh, that was like a known saying.
1: It's like a rap. Song. And
0: in oh, in nineteen, <laughs> I know, in nineteen seventy-eight, he even said, "Quote." Rape is always invited. It never happens. A person who is raped is always providing subconsciously the environments and the arrangements.
1: Okay. No. No. And the second somebody says that, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, absolutely not. In absolutely what world? not.
0: I don't, I feel like he had raped a good amount of people at this point and was just trying to backtrack to make them, like, probably like, gaslighting They him, let me do And it. then using his followers me. to gaslight others yeah, i never so i never did it
1: out of malice or bad intent they set the standard or they, they set the stage for me i just
0: danced yeah so over the years 3ho continued to grow and its shady dealings flew mostly under the radar there was like drug rings there was weird I mean, smuggling sm- things yogi bhajan died of heart failure in 2004 at his ranch in new mexico His death was mourned pretty widely, and his students were left mostly without a spiritual leader. But this narrative that he was a holy sage kind of just kept perpetuating. Are there still people today? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So in 2020, Pamela Dyson wrote a book called Premka, in which she details their relationship and the abuse she experienced. In an interview, she said she was terrified to publish the book, despite him being dead at like... But almost, just all, almost fifteen years yeah. at this point, she was still like so scared of him to even publish it because of all of his followers, and they love him so much. And mm-hmm. they what would they do if
1: they hurt? You know, yeah, they have guns. You so, never know, like yeah. He, but that's that's like what that's the stage that he set for everybody. Like that's the vision that he set, so everybody's scared.
0: Yeah. So when Dyson released her book, it opened a floodgate, and allegations poured in. A lot of the social a lot of the sexual misconduct and a lot of it with minors. One woman claimed that a lot of this mis- misconduct happened with her father in the be- in the room with her. And he seemed to think that she was his ticket to the inner circle. One woman claimed that she That is she- so
1: disgusting.
0: I know. That it's- is
1: so disgusting. Like, here, go ahead. I'll I'll give you my daughter if it's going to if it's going to elevate my status.
0: Yeah. One woman claimed she talked to two teenagers. She was a therapist at the time. And they separately told her that Budgeon had told them that he would have sex with them to clear their karma. He was also physically abusive to his followers. There was multiple accounts of him getting into arguments and then just ducking somebody. And they thought, oh, well, he has the right more than anybody because he's taking on all of our karma. Because he kept saying, like, oh, I'm taking all of this on for you. I'm doing this all for you. I didn't he's want like to be. Jesus. Yeah, he's like, I didn't want this position. He's paid for my sins, so this is the least I could do. Like, yeah, I'm again forever indebted. One follower said he was known to just kick the shit out of people and laugh. What the
1: fuck? Mm -hmm. See, and unless, like, I get it. Like the kids who are like raised in that, like thinking, okay, this is just the way it is. Yeah. But for everybody else who like slowly
0: transformed into whatever they were But Isn't it kind of like the the frog in the boiling water? Right. You sit there long enough, you don't know it's. You don't know it's like slowly these changes happen. Another abuse that came to light that's not really a thing is Bajin, something Budgeon called psychic surgery in which he would just verbally abuse and unleash on someone to break them down like millet, in front like of a camp. whole group of people. He would call women whores and prostitutes in front of everyone, exhibiting a display of power for just like basically no reason and then be like, it's for your own good. It's and sometimes good. that's just how you have to teach people. Buck up,
1: buttercup or whatever, however that's
0: Yeah. He would also re- regularly belittle his followers in Punjabi. He would point to them and be like, they're my poodles, they'll do anything I say. So Taj Steiner says that the primary – oh, said, quote, the primary means of control that Yogi Bhajan used with all of us was through endless prescriptive instruction. He had teachings on every subject imaginable, including what kind of clothes to wear, how to eat, what to eat, what a certain posture or meditation would do for your spleen, nervous system, or soul. He told us in which direction to sleep, how to cure allergies, depression, and impotency, who to marry, how to educate our children, and, of course, how to go to the bathroom properly – There were thousands and thousands of prescriptions. Mm -hmm. In fact, his teaching was almost entirely prescriptive. Do this and you will get that. And he'd make them eat these like crazy, shitty, like crazy things like shitty. (laughs) Uh, Which is, not again, another tactic of high control groups. Yeah. One diet was just watermelon. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Then there was a greens-only diet, and then these people were vigorously exercising every day because they were spending like six hours, hours and hours and hours, hours doing, doing yoga, like yoga, yeah, and eating almost nothing. And members were told if they disobeyed or they left, they would get sick and die. He told Kate felt that woman who mm-hmm. was raped with the help of her sister, her sister. that it was Ugh. her destiny to be sexually attacked and die in a car crash. What the fuck? So, so if she, she thought- left. Yeah, and she thought she would be sexually this is my destiny. Yeah. No, no, that it was always that's always her destiny. Oh, I thought that, that was, was a always, scare tactic to no, keep that, her he in. No, he was like this is your destiny. I'm just helping you. I'm to just helping your you destiny. along the destiny and then one day you're going to get in a car crash yeah. and die. And just like Tej Steiner, many of the followers were threatened with death if they revealed any of what they knew. So in March of 2020, Siri Singh Sahib Corporation, which is the company that runs 3HO, commissioned an independent study into the – sorry, independent investigation into the allegations by a company called an olive branch. Uh And they released a report that said that the allegations were, quote, "more more likely than not to be true. A lot of people raised and who belong to 3HO have been yeah. helped by the organization and do believe what he told them to be true. So it's not like they don't think they're out there, committing they're not bad. No, they're not out there actively dece- deceiving anybody because right. they were raised. But now there's this whole generation of people who believe, who identify as Sikhs, who have a, <laughs> a huge difference in beliefs than the Sikhs who like come real. from yeah yeah come from the east and so it's just like a very weird and i'm sure it's really really hard to be in this place to know that how you were raised all of it was
1: lies made based up. on lies based on lies and made up by this
0: really yeah awful and so it's not being. like the whole community was in on it but a lot of them were complacent with this abuse And a lot when a lot of this came out, a lot of the high-profile teachers just doubled down in support of Bhajan and his legacy. What? Yeah. A lot of people were like, no, these are all all liars. None of this happened. All of these
1: people, all of these victims, essentially, are liars.
0: Yeah. One of them is Guru Jagat, who we will meet next week (sighs) and is truly unhinged. Oh, my God. More than this guy?
1: More than Bhajan?
0: yes
1: okay i don't know
0: this is all bad i know <laughs> i'm not smiling because it's on un- it's awful i'm, I'm smiling, smiling because i'm
1: uncomfortable
0: because it's bad. i'm not sure how this happened and my face doesn't know what to do yeah i mean actually no i do see how this happened i do see how this happens and i it is really unfortunate uh, I think for the, more, even people who weren't necessarily directly impacted by Budgen, his actions created this complete whole community where people suffered and how who are still suffering as they try to struggle with this identity where they're like, "I don't. I thought I was a Sikh, and apparently and all then I I'm, learned is was are not, all lies. Yeah, is fake. This is all fake stuff.
1: Yeah, put together by some guy who convinced us that he." is the end-all, be-all, knows-all, has answers to all things. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. I don't understand a world in which that this could happen, but it does, and it can, and it is happening. I just don't, like, like when it's a smaller group, right, it's, it's, you know, but once it snowballs and becomes bigger and bigger, it's harder to stop and harder to, you know. Yeah,
0: it's like hundreds of thousands of people.
1: That's crazy to me, though. 100, 100, well, because a lot of them are now born into it because it's mm-hmm. gone on for this long. And then they have no they have no choice. No, because then yeah. and everybody they know and are close to they're all into it. And then to get out of it is like turning their backs on everything.
0: Well, and even like Pamela Dyson but did they even want to get out. of it? Like, no, but I didn't. Hear I it. think that so Pamela Dyson says that there was multiple times where she was like, I need to get out of here. But she was like, I don't. Have anywhere to go? I have no money because I've given all my money to him. Yeah, I know nobody because so I isolated up... myself from my family. I yeah, because they're yeah. like if they if they're not on your path, you get rid of them.
1: Yeah. So how is she gonna turn around and go back to them? Yeah. What would she have? She'd have nothing. nothing. But you. So she ends up suing him.
0: Uh, I believe that she ends up suing the 3HO organization after he's gone. Mm. I believe, mm. or he's close to death. Or he's later in life. Damn, I know. What should we call this one? The
1: see, I was the first thing I think of is like not even the biggest part of the story. It's just that, that stabbed way, me. The,
0: the, the lady sister is spiritually yeah, the fucked. Yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. sister is spiritually that fucked. That sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are spiritually fucked, but specifically but that specifically, sister. That she sister. should be the hardest to be yeah. spiritually fucked.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling shooketh, yeah, by the idea. So yeah, that sister,
0: that's that sister. I bet you I can find her name. I
1: want you to find her name. Oh my god, what if she's still alive?
0: I think she is. So many people are spiritually fucked. So many people are spiritually <laughs> fucked. That is it.
1: That is. This it. is a wild, terrible one.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that oh, is it for today.
1: Yeah. Um follow us on at Spiritually F Podcast on Instagram. On Instagram. And then rate and review us.
0: I think that's it. Yeah. We have we- no other things. Right? Yeah.